welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So communicating then with, with when there's a problem, like it's, it's all very well and good, like just doing life and everything, but there will be occasions when you will have disagreements with people. And so in terms of being a leader, your ability to communicate is going to be quite key into how as to how that is uh, resolved. So, what we're going to look at today is just um, we're going to start by looking at a little story um, in the Old Testament in Samuel, um, and then we're going to talk about just well some hints and tips and ideas as to how best to deal with someone who you're leading that is causing a problem with the group or with you, whatever. Um, but I just want to start with a story of um, how David and Abigail met. Um, and it, because it, to me, it's just a, a good example of someone who very wisely communicated well. Um, so the story starts where um, it's where David is, he's got his band of men already. So um, he's got his warriors and, and he's traveling through different places and he comes to a place um, in a place called Paran and there his his men end up protecting the servants of another guy um, called Nabal um, and so they, they're kind of coexisting for a while and the whole time that they're there no harm comes to Nabal and his servants because David's men are kind of there and no one will dare attack because David will protect him. Um, so after a while, David sends some delegates to have a conversation with Nabal and, and sort of like get to know him a bit, um, but then also to see if Nabal had anything that he would like to offer as a thank you um, back. I guess it was customary back then. So if, you know, like he, he pointed out, you know, I've we've protected you, we've looked after you, no harm has been done would you like to offer any supplies for my men? And I guess that was the custom back then where usually there would be an offer. Um, but Nabel, like a bit of a stingy guy, although he was incredibly wealthy, um, it says he had, what, how many sheep? So many thousand, 3,000 sheep and a 1,000 goats. So he was, you know, doing pretty okay for himself. Um, he refused to to have anything to, to do with David. He refused to give him a gift. Um, and so this really angered David. Um, and if you've read the story of David, he's quite an emotional guy. Um, he doesn't always think rationally, so his emotions often take over, and he's like, ah! So, so when the information comes back from the delegates that, that Nabal just gave them the brush off, didn't want to know, um, David is furious. And he's like, Get your swords on, men. We're going, like, this is not happening. So he grabs his sword and, and, and off he, you know, starts advancing towards um, this guy, Nabal. Um, and, and with the intent on actually harming Nabal and his men, right? So he's, he's really quite cross. So Abigail gets wind of this. So somehow the servants of Nabal go to Abigail and said your husband's done a really unwise thing he's sent the delegates from David away and you know like there's going to be trouble here um, so Abigail then gets very very quickly so she acted quickly and then she 
I mean, it must have taken a little bit longer than just just like that because she prepares 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sears of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on a donkey. So, so there's a, quite a bit of preparation going on there. But she, it's done quickly, and she's right I need to go and speak to to David so she heads off with her servants and ends up meeting David who's like you know got his sword drawn and he's ready for the kill um let me just read what she says so then so then she she sees David and David stops and there's this like um conversation between them and she says let me just find it um, it's quite long what she says but I'll read it out um, she says pardon your servant my lord let me speak to you hear what your servant has to say pay no attention to my lord that wicked man Nabal he's just like his name his name means fool folly goes before him as for me your servant I did not see the man the lord sent the men the lord sent your, my lord sent and now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives, and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from my blood, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming you, my Lord, be like Nabal, and let this gift which this, your servant has brought to my Lord be given to your men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make lasting dynasty for my Lord, because that you fight the Lord's battles and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in a bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies will be hurled away from a pocket sling. That sentence. Um, then the Lord will fulfill for my Lord every good thing he has promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel. My Lord will not have this conscience of staggering burdens of needless bloodshed or having avenged himself. And the Lord your God has brought my Lord success. Remember your servant. So, so she's basically, she talks to him and how she does it is she reminds him. Uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel 25 verse 1 to 42 is the whole story. But how she approaches him is in, she actually tells him who he really is. You know, she reminds him of who he is and then she, she points out the problem and asks him for change. And, and um, so, so that, that's how she very wisely, but she does it by, by bringing the gold out of him, by saying, David... The Lord is with you. David, you're this great guy. You've done this and this and this, and, and this is your potential future. Why do you want to do this thing that is wrong? And so please don't, you know, stop what you're doing. This is my paraphrase, obviously. Um, and, and change your mind on what's going on. And, and as it happens, David kind of like suddenly calms down. He sees the error of his ways and he's like, praise God, um, he sent you to me today. Um, and then he says, may you be blessed for your good judgment and from keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. 
so then, and then the end, the, the story goes on that actually David doesn't go and kill Nabal. He goes back to where he was living, and then a few days later, God kills Nabal. <laughs> so it says, it says about ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Um, and then a little bit later on, David goes back to Abigail and takes her as his wife. Um, so it's quite an interesting story. But I, I just I just wanted to start with that because I just think it's quite a sweet it's a sweet story. It's kind of a, almost like a love story because it ends up in a in a love relationship. Um, but it's it's showing just how Abigail treated him really well. She treated him with respect and honor, and, and she calmed the situation right down very quickly. Um, and that's what we want to do whenever we've got a problem with someone we we want to think about how we're going to approach it um um the the calmer the better really you know the how we approach people are you all with me so far i've not lost anybody no so um i want to talk a couple of what i'm going to do now is i'm going to just teach you a little um I don't know what the word is. It's like um, a little tip, a little... Ha! Can't remember the word. Anyway, it's called transaction analysis. And it's it's a psychological um, way of looking at communication. And I learned it in psychology at university. Um, and it's, an, it's actually an old one, so it was even an old um, thing before I, I learned it. So it's from a guy called Eric Byrne, uh, B-E-R-N-E, in 1950s. So he came up with this transaction analysis, um, and it's a way of communicating. And I've I've kind of used this over the years. It's been in the back of my mind, and a few times when when something's about ex ex escalate. Thank you. <laughs> um, I've I've thought about actually this is a good method so let me put this into practice and, and it does help it, it has worked and it's quite simple um, and so what Eric Burns says is if you look at communication um, there are three kinds of ways of communicating and, and he calls it the parent way the child way and the adult way I'm going to try and explain it um, so, so if you if you do it the parent way, when you're communicating with someone, you're you're communicating um, either in a controlling way or a nurturing way, but often judgmental and opinionated is the parental way of doing it. So you can imagine a parent talking down to their children. Sometimes that's necessary. A child's about to put the hand in the fire. The parent has to take control and has to take authority and shout no you don't do that you know like and pull them away to safety um but sometimes we take that method and we try to use that method when communicating with other adults that can cause friction there are times when it's good and this is why you need to think about you know which which area to use so that's the parent one the child one is is like when you've kind of in a sort of free emotional emotional um, sort of way of communicating um, often vulnerable and 
you know sort of upset or whatever or adaptable so you, you sort of like like a child would speak to their their adult parent and then you've got the adult way of speaking and that's when you you know you, you kind of quite processed you've thought through what you're saying you come in with a balanced approach and and you've taken the emotion and you've just put the motion emotion at the side and and you're sort of like speaking without the emotion involved Are you all following me? Am I making sense? Are you, any questions so far? No. No? Okay. So. If in a situation um, there's a problem and I come in with a parental attitude... So let's say we've got a, we're having a bit of an argument here and we're disagreeing on something and I start being controlling and judgmental and opinionated and I start talking down to you. What often happens is an emotional response will start to well up from the inside and there would be an emotional reply to the ad, to the parental controlling and so you you find yourself quite easily coming back as a child with that emotional outburst and then what happens is the conversation sort of like escalates and there's a big sort of like explosion often and a big argument and doors end up getting banged or whatever fall out and, and there's problems then okay If we have a problem and then I come to you and I come to you really emotional and all vulnerable and moaning and groaning and upset and I'm blah, 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 that's going to stir within you potentially a parental response and you're going to likely speak down to me. Oh, just stop it, will you? You know, just pull yourself together and do, 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 you know like do you know like that sort of like controlling so so if you come at me moaning and groaning and blah, 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 I'm going to come back at you with a controlling attitude potentially does that make sense yeah. and then that's going to then start to explode and, and there's going to be problems and arguments and if though however we have got a problem and I come to you and I've actually thought through what I want to say and I've taken my emotion and I've just like just kind of it's still there like it's not going to hide or go away disappear completely but but I'm I'm not going to react out of emotion so I come to you calmly and I present the problem to you calmly with respect and honor you are more likely then to speak back to me on a calm manner and then and that way you then have the opportunity to talk it through discuss it through and come up with a solution are you with me so so when when there is a potential argument about to take place and you know that you're in that situation the the, the best thing that you can do is think let me calm down here. Let me keep calm. Let me just take check of my emotions. 
Let me think about what I'm saying. How am I going to say it? And then say it. It's, it I've, I've seen it work where someone has come to me and they've been really angry and upset by something I've done or whatever. I'm, I'm a nice person, but I'm not perfect. So sometimes I upset people. So this, I remember this, this girl coming up to me, and she, but she approached me from the child perspective, according to this theory. Um, and, and I could feel this, like, sort of a desire to sort of like control back it was like rising up with me in me I suddenly remembered this transaction analysis that's not going to help mm. you go back onto her and start sort of like trying to take control and, and everything so so I said let's sit down so I'm like in the back of my mind keep calm keep calm speak logically and calm the situation down so I said right sit down um, and let's let's talk about this calmly and so we did and, and, and but because I then approached it from an adult perspective instead of a controlling judgmental sort of diving in there with, with my emotion um, she actually did sit down and we did actually resolve it without a big massive explosion so I know it works um, if you can catch yourself in time it works and, and it works when you've got a problem with someone and you're like, you really want to, to discuss it with them. If you're doing the approaching, always approach in a calm manner with an, a sort of an adult attitude. It does help. And so it's, it's, I know it's really old, 1950s, you think, gosh, we've moved on so much since then. But if it's just a little tool that you can keep in the back of your head um, and, and if you end up about to go into conflict... Just think, right, let me approach this from an adult perspective rather than either a child or a parent. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's transaction analysis. And I know, like I say, I learned it at university when I was studying social work um, and have found it helpful throughout my little life so far. So let's have another look at um, how Paul dealt with with problems because um, he was really good. In Titus 3, verse 10, Paul says, so he's now, he, this, he's now actually talking to a church leader um, with this, like the view of dealing with church issues and problems. But obviously this also could apply to any leadership um, scenario, but he says, warn a divisive person once, then a second time, then have nothing to do with him. So, so Paul's like, you know, think about what you're doing, but like deal with the situation. But if there is someone who isn't going to change, then it's okay to say, okay, I don't need you to be part of this team or part of this company or part of this church. Do you know what I mean? You, you have permission to say, right, enough is enough. But we don't really want to get to that point. We want to sort of like be able to warn the divisive person in a way that they're going to listen. And so let's see if we can work that out. So I guess the the first thing 
that is really important is of course love and we know that I hope we've grasped that already um, but you know when, when the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they're like so what's the first commandment what's the most important thing in all of the commandments Jesus says well love God love God with everything you've got you know your heart, soul, mind, strength and that's the first one and the second one is you know pretty much up there with the first one and that's love your neighbour like yourself so love the person next to you love the person you're talking to love the person you're arguing with as you love yourself of course in John um, 1 4, uh, 4 yeah, 7 says friends let's love one another because love comes from God and everyone who loves is being born of God and knows God and in verse 19 he goes on to say we get to love because he first loved us so we have such an advantage in the whole communication thing because if we can communicate in love that's going to help immensely so you know like transaction analysis is going to be so much better when you bring in the cup of love to it you know like you, you, you yeah love is vital and we get to love of course because he loves us so you know in the moment if you're really angry with someone you can just shout one of those arrow prayers saying God you know what just need a reminder of how much I'm loved right now I need you to pour your love into me so that I can pour it out on this person that's really annoying me unless of course you never get to speak to people that annoy you maybe you're just like perfect and don't get wound up that's fine I know I've had to pray prayers like that. <laughs> Please help me with this person. <laughs> You're like, yeah. um, it happens from time to time. Because there will be times when people do things that. Are you alright? <laughs> just being cheeky. Okay. I have to pray that about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be true. No, it might be true, not. you know. totally kidding. <laughs> But if you're in leadership, there are going to be times when someone's going to be doing something that you've got to address and you can't just ignore it. Like Paul says, you know, if there's someone causing problems in the church or in your you know, company or whatever, warn them, do something about it. Otherwise, it's just going to like, they're going to be like the bad apple that destroys the rest of the barrel. And I just want to look at how Paul did it because he did it really well in uh, 1 Corinthians is a really good example of how Paul addresses a problem with people in the church Okay, so the whole of the letter literally is Paul looking at some issues that have to be dealt with they can't be ignored because if they're ignored they're going to continue to cause problems in the group um, they've got to be dealt with so Paul writes to them to deal with them and, and the, you know, they're quite big problems actually they're, they're problems of, um, of sexual immorality and people are you know, t- doing lawsuits against each other so there's big arguments taking place and there's immorality taking place and Paul's like right I'm going to have to write to these guys and, and deal with this so he writes to them and I love the fact that Paul is really good at giving good constructive feedback right 
and he uses what um, psychologists call the sandwich approach. You know a sandwich, you've got a piece of bread, then the meat or cheese or whatever, and then another piece of bread. So, so there's a sandwich approach, um, which only works if there's like genuine love involved, but it, it's a good principle. So Paul uses the sandwich approach in that when he starts his letter... So at some point, go ahead and, and read it again, 1 Corinthians. But he starts the letter by thanking God for these amazing saints. So, so he's, he's calling them holy ones, right? He's, like, he's, he's telling them who they really are. You're the saints, the holy ones in, in, in Corinth. And, and he's, the letter isn't addressed to the leaders. It's addressed to the whole church, okay? So the first couple of chapters, he's, he's reminding them how wonderful they are, how much they're loved, what great things they're doing. And then um, in chapters 5 to 8, he goes on to correct and, and, and deal with the problem. So he he's, goes on to correct the divisions and, and he's quite strict in, in how he does that. He goes for the jugular. <laughs> He's like, if this guy does not repent, then get rid of him. You know, like, this has got to be dealt with. It's got to be sorted. Um, now, and remember that Paul is the greatest grace teacher. You know, like, he's a man full of faith but, be, but and full of grace and full of love. And he, he talks about grace all the time, you know, for by grace we've been saved through faith and, and so on. Um, but he doesn't ignore problems doesn't ignore stuff that's going to destroy people because his heart is for people to be free his heart is for people to to live and and be who god has created them to be and were they smelly really smelly yeah oh dear yeah i need to wash them they go to the gym anyway that's your word. <laughs> sorry that's very <laughs> so so paul just he needs to deal with it and he deals with it but then in chapter 10 he began begins to build them back up again so he's just like he's gone for the jugular he said right guys this has got these divisions have got to be stopped you go start doing you know do this you've got to deal with this immoral situation that's going on sort it out and then he begins to go back into you're amazing people. You're awesome. You you know you're doing really great, and you're loved, and you're God's people, and you're saints, etc., etc. And he finishes finishes the chapter by telling them how much he loves them. So so that is a really good example of the psychological sandwich approach um, that we're told to would work when we're dealing with people who have got a problem with. So I've just got some practical ways in which we can actually use this approach. Keeping in mind transactional analysis, keeping in mind the need to keep your love on and keep love flowing. Um, but there's some practical ways. So you've got this problem with this person and they're there in your team and you've got to deal with it. Ask yourself the question first of all, why do I want to deal with this? Right. So, so make sure that before you give the constructive feedback, before you sit down with the person, that your motive is the right motive. 
So it's not just because they've said something about you and it's wound you up and you want to get back at them. Right? It's it's for the right reasons that you want to challenge this person. So check your own motive. And then sit down with the person or approach the person. Um, depending on who it is and who you are and what you're leading or whatever, that could be in your office or it could be over coffee or it could be whatever over a meal or I don't know that that setting will depend on who it is and, and what you're going to do about it but like I say like Paul did start with the positive so so you know you might want to spend a bit of time before you meet that person actually writing down all the good things that you like about them and if necessary ask God you know like if you're struggling to if you're so angry and upset, you're struggling to, to see the good in them. Prophesy over them. You know, God, what do you see? How do you see this person? What's the gold inside of them? And then write out the prophetic word or whatever. So, Because whoever the person is, God has created them in his image and there's gold inside of them. Maybe dig, dig deep down, but it's there because God has put it there. And so you can begin to bring that out. So you sit down with them and you, you start with the positive. You know, remind them of how amazing they are, what, you know, what good they're bringing to the team, what good they're doing, um, you know, what gifts and talents they've got. And, and just, you know, start by, by building them up. And again, this approach can only be done if it's real. Like, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. You know, just have, let your love flow and let genu be genuine about it. Otherwise, it'll, you'll, they'll, it'll just go over their heads and feel like flattery, if that makes sense. So, so be real, but bring out the gold in them. And then remember to sort of like kind of repeat that at the very end. You know, when you, you're sort of like reminding them who they are, you, you want to finish and end on a positive and then you, you want to be um, descriptive. So then you want to, you know, talk to them about what exactly it is that is the problem. You know, rather than saying something like, you're just so annoying, um, you're winding everyone up, um, you're just this and you're this and you're this, right? Try and separate who they are from their behavior and focus on the behavior. So rather than telling them that they're stupid, you say, you know what, that behaviour that you're doing is a little bit stupid because, right? So, so ex explain to them the the behaviour that's the problem, and and try to explain to them how it is affecting you, or how it's affecting others in the team. So you're actually pointing out to them, this is this is the problem that I see with your behaviour. And if, if it's your observations, then own your own observations. So use the terms like, I see that when you do this, it affects people in this way. So own your own opinions, okay? Does that make sense? So, mm. so you, you know, you're being real and honest, but as clear and specific. So you're giving examples. You know, the other day when you said this to, to Jeannie, um, she was really upset, and I think it was because this is the attitude that you're portraying and the words that you used are inappropriate or, or whatever, you can actually be as specific as possible. Um, 
and then give examples of how they could have done it differently how they could have done that behaviour or how a different behaviour in that circumstances would have had a different outcome so help them see how they can change their behaviour so you, you can imagine that you can't just dive in to a conversation like this there needs to be some some process some thoughts some you know, you need to be calm and have a thought through how you're going to deal with this. Because you're going to need to come up with some alternatives, some examples of how they could have done it better. And then ask for change. You know, it's like, I want you to change this behaviour in this area. So like Paul did in his letters, it's like, this guy's got to repent. And you know, the word repent means to change the way you think and then the way you think obviously then changes the way you behave so so you're asking for change and you're being specific you know you're not just telling people how stupid they are you're actually in fact you're not going to tell them how stupid you are you're gonna keep reminding them of how amazing they can be that the potential that's inside of them and you want to give them those alternatives and you ask for change. And if necessary, and this is why you need to have thought it through before you have this conversation with them, if necessary, spell out the consequences of them not changing. Right, so for example, Paul, the consequences that he gave was if this man does not change, then he needs to leave the group until he does. That's, that's quite a, a serious consequence, but you needed to have sat down and thought, well, what am I expecting this person to do and what's going to happen if they don't? And if you're, if you're leading something, you know, if you're in a company and someone's stealing or whatever, I don't know, for example, you, you know, you have the authority to say, right, you do that again and you're fired. You know, like it, so it depends on your level of authority and, and that, but you need to think about what consequences are there going to be consequences, and if there are, are you going are you actually going to follow through on it? Because that's another thing as well. Is it a realistic consequence, and do you have the authority to follow through on what you're saying? So, so have a think about all this before you dive into the conversation, and obviously, it will all depend on what the situation is, who it is you're talking to and the level of authority that you that you have in the terms of leadership. And, you know, when you're asking for, for change and you're asking for... Uh, it, you need to be... You like, think through what you're asking them to change. Um, and is it realistic? You know, are they, are they actually able to, to make those changes? And then be thinking about how you can help them make those changes. You know, how can I help you do that? You know, you can maybe then have a dialogue. So what do you think you need for for those changes to take place? How can I help you do that? Do you need some, you know, counselling? Do you need some support? Do you need, you know, some extra training in this particular area? Or, or what? what is it that you... So be thinking about how you can help that person come out of out of the problem behaviour that they've got and then offer that and work that through with them. 
I'll now remember that we are we're doing it all in love and and love of course I mean I, I think we've probably talked about this already but love is is shown by by honour and respect because even though that person is winding you up and they're you know potentially doing some really irritating and annoying things they're still loved they're still created in God's image and therefore they are highly valued individuals and and what how you how you approach them needs to reflect that and and just if you can keep that in the back of your mind that you're valued you're you're respected by God you're loved by God and I'm going to respect you I'm going to honor you I'm going to view you as a gift that is priceless even though your behavior is really stupid at the moment the real you is priceless does that make sense and so so if you you approach someone with that then that's going to really help so within all of that conversation keep sarcasm out of it right because sarcasm just winds people up do you understand what that word is yeah okay so keep sarcasm out of it because that winds people up and it doesn't help okay (laughs) sarcasm is great when you're all having fun and you're in a party and and you're just like having jokes or whatever but if you're trying to deal with a problem it doesn't help okay and remember remember love remember eye contact keep good eye contact don't stir them out of course because I'll think that but good eye contact <laughs> um, and, and just you know keep them engaged in the conversation and then make space within that that, com- that particular conversation for them to then speak about where they're at what did they think of the situation what are they saying in response to you so, so you you want to honour them as well giving them opportunity to to speak back and to share because it might be that they're being wound up by someone else and and you know like that it might not be all their fault um so it's good to let them have their say as well do you enjoy that to have do i enjoy having those conversations not really no I much prefer it when everything's peaceful and, and I, everybody's getting along and it's all doing well. But if the conversation has to be done, it has to be done. So, so I can't say I enjoy it, no. But I have had conversations like that. How do you know when it's like your place to do that? Um, to, you know, to have those conversations with someone to... Yeah, I mean... It, if if you are clear, if you are um, in leadership, for example, then and they're part of your team and you're leading that team. So whether you're in, in a company and you're the manager, or um, if it's a church setting, you're a small group leader, or if you're pastor, or um, you're leading a football team, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, if you actually you've got the title of leader and you've uh, and if you've done you know read the first week, were you here in the first week? No, we feel. Did we fill you in on the levels of leadership? Yeah. I think. Yeah, you yeah, did yeah, yeah. So, so if you're working on that whole yeah. level two of 
having that good relationship and building up that rela relationship with the people. Um, yeah. But so if you're in leadership, then you, you you have it's almost like a responsibility to help these people mm. behave rightly in your group. So so then you like right. I need to sit down with you. I'm you know leader of this team. Your football playing is not good because your attitude is wrong. Can we deal with it? You know, like that sort of thing. So you you have. Yeah. Um, if you if you if it's more of a friendship thing, then you can still have this conversation and you can still use these principles. Um, it might have to be more of a negotiation yeah. on a friendship level, but if you can still use that that sort of calm adult approach. Like, say you're sharing a house with someone and they're not washing the dishes <laughs> and they keep leaving piles of dishes like this and it's, like, winding you up. You can use these approaches to sort of sit down with them and you can still talk about how amazing... You know, I really enjoy living in this house with you. You know, you're fun, it's great. I love your sense of humour, I love your music. Um, there's a couple of problems I'd like to sit down and talk to you about, some things that you're doing that um, aren't going well can we talk, you know, come out, let's have a coffee, let's talk about this. Right, the issue I'm struggling with is... Bless you, you twice. Yeah, double blessings, there Sorry, we go. Yes, <laughs> um, so, so you can use these approaches just on a friendship level, but obviously then you don't really have to... Or you might, though, I don't know, the authority to deal with the consequences... That might sort of, the, depending on your level of leadership, will depend on what authority you have. You know, don't know whether you can actually say to your housemate, I'm going to kick you out. Um, you might not have the authority to do that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> You're laughing. Have I hit, um, hit a button? Because you talked about the housemate. Okay. <laughs> Ah, is this um, touching on a... Well, yeah, I think we're doing pretty well, are we? Let's have like yeah. an open chat about this, actually. <laughs> Do you want me to we should turn the recorder off? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you carry on. No, no. I, I've kind of said all I've said today. Is there any questions or further comments? Uh... Or is this something that you do need to discuss? And would well, you like me to help you discuss it? Without this on. <laughs> do a demonstration. <laughs> um, no, I, I was just... My question is, you know, with regards to grace and, and not judging and choosing to love people, um, I guess, you know, loving people can come in this form as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, would you say there are other more kind of indirect ways of, you know, communicating and bringing out the better qualities within people so that they, you know, are allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of move mm -hmm. and, you know, to to do what it does? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I mean, if, if you're leading well, yeah, right, problems are not going to come up that often no. so so if you've created this this place of of respect and honor and good relationship between whoever it is you're leading you know whether it's in your home or whether it's you know your football team or whatever if you've got that that level two going really well and you've yeah. moved on to two and three three and four um 
you can nip things in the bud quite quickly. So it, this process might just take a 10-minute conversation. You know, you know when you're washing the dishes, can you not do that? <laughs> you like, for example, a small example, but Alice was... I kept putting um, the knives that we have, um, they're like the, they've got these like wooden handles, and I kept putting them in the sink because um, we only wash up in the evening, so we we just do it so the lunch stuff and the breakfast stuff is just on the side, and then we wash it all together in the evening. Either me or her would kind of do it between us. Anyway, I was putting these like things with the wooden thing in the water, and and she was worried that soaking them would mean that the wood, wooden handles at some point are going to fall off or get ruined right small thing but she very calmly pointed that out to me right so so it's like oh um can i just ask a quick favor of you she said these these knives can you not put them in the water because and then she explained why she didn't want me to put in the water and i'm like oh yeah i hadn't thought about it it wasn't like in my head that they might get ruined um they're her knives but i just so I'm like, oh, of course, no problem. And I apologised and not done it again since. So you can use these principles. She was very calm and collected. I mean, she's an occupational therapist, and so she's used to, you know, talking with people and dealing with them, and she's just one of the perfect, perfect housemate, really. Um, but but she calmly approached me and, and you, I guess, used some of these principles and... Um, problem dealt with just like that but that's only a small example but do, do you see how if, if like if you're using this on a sort of like daily basis you've, you're flowing with love you're dealing with things you, you're coming at potential clashes from a, a calm adult approach you probably don't need to get to the point of we need to sit down and deal with this issue but you might end up having to deal with an issue uh-huh. And so it's just like having it, having that process in your head, that idea of how am I going to do this that is going to continue to love you, continue to show you honour and help you walk away from that behaviour. So because I love you, because I want the best for you and I want the best for all the people that are surrounding you, I can't leave you in that behaviour and not do anything about it. And so it is in love and grace that you challenge people and that's why, like I said at the beginning, you ask the question before you sit down with someone and you, you just ask the question to yourself, what's my motive? And if you, you know, if, if you, your motive is because you're wound up and you just want to, then, then you've got to sort that out before you sit down and talk to them. Does that, yeah, that yeah, make sense? Sure. So, so definitely, and even in like that grace um, filled environment, there will be times when you have to sit down with people and say this behaviour is destructive, it's going to harm you or it's going to harm your family or, you, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, let me uh, help you change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts? Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk. 